Hallelujah. We have our two other classes going on. You can be seated. We have two other classes going on. We have our freedom class and our finance class going in the back module of the building. And, and uh, great things happening in those classes. A lot of good reports uh, taking place back there. And, and so it's, it's so good to see what God's doing within the life of this church. So no matter where you're at on this property... And if you just show up, you're, you're going to get fed. Amen? Amen. You know, and, and if you open yourself up to the word, you're setting yourself up to change. You're like, well, pastor, I don't, I don't know about this Jesus stuff. I don't know about this church stuff. I just encourage you. Just, just, just to open your heart enough to allow him to start sowing, sowing the, the word into your heart. You know, for me, I, I was, when I started going to, I was working at a liquor store and, and I started going down and visiting my sister and going to church on Sundays and then getting drunk with her neighbor at night. And, you know, but I was going to church during the day and, but I didn't know what was actually taking place in my life. I, I did, I had no clue exactly what was taking place in my life. I just knew something was happening. Something was changing. And, and, but it was the word being sown, you know, and, and a lot of times people desire change and they want, they want, you know, uh, you know, quick, quick fixes, you know, and I, and, you know, I believe miracles can happen in a moment. You know, I believe in miracles. I believe in the miraculous. I believe in suddenlies. How about you? You believe in suddenlies? Amen. Amen. But I also know that anytime there's a need, that, that everything also begins with the word. Jesus says, it talks about Jesus, I believe in Mark chapter 6 or Mark chapter 5. He said, when he saw that they had need, the first thing he did is he sat down and he taught them. He sat down and taught them. Because he knows that the word is going to give them what they need. To see increase in their life. Yeah, miracles took place. Miracles happened. But he also knew the word is what was going to change them. So if you're new here to hair, just always encourage you. Just, just allow the word to just start being planted into your heart. And just allow it to take shape and start changing you from the inside out. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, tonight we're going to continue on our Fighting the Good Fight of Faith series. And this has just been just, uh, just opening our eyes, uh, even opening my eyes to greater um, ability to not see. It's not just about, you know, um, just talking about faith, but what are the things that undermine faith? What are the things that's shaking your faith? What are the things that have shook your faith? And, and, I, and I believe that... Um, what I want to talk about tonight, and I, just by the Holy Spirit, I believe the Holy Spirit's the teacher, you know, and, and I believe that, yeah, there, there's a gift to teach on my life, but I, I, I need the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. And, and, and so open up your hearts and, and be receivers to receive what God wants us to have as a church and those watching by way of Internet. Amen? Because, because I, I believe that every, every message we talked about has been build, building on one thing to another. And all these things have to do, especially with the, just the bottom line of our church, is to make winners in life. And, and uh, we, we all, we've all ex- experienced challenges. We've all experienced setbacks. And sometimes we may wonder why, why different things may have happened in our lives or, or why different things took place or why, why these things continue maybe reoccurring in our lives. And I believe by the Holy Spirit, he's going to answer some things about a life of faith tonight. Amen. So if you have a Bible, your Bible, turn to 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6. It's been our foundational scripture. And also you can turn to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. Thank you, Father. Mark chapter 11. Thank you, Father. Say thank God for the Word. Thank God for the Word. Hallelujah. Honor the Word. So 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12 says, Fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on eternal life whereunto thou art called and has professed a good profession before many witnesses. And we've talked about this scripture about, I think, eight weeks now. But it's the fighting the good fight of faith. Paul's at the end of his life and he's declaring, fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on eternal life. Meaning it's not just fighting the good fight of faith, but I'm going to fight the good fight of faith. I'm also going to have to lay hold of eternal life. 
Now let's go to, let's look at Mark chapter 11. And we're going to go back to Timothy here in a minute. Mark chapter 11, verse 22. And Jesus replied, saying to them, have faith in God. I like the Amplified. It says, have faith in God constantly. Truly, I tell you, whoever says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt at all in his heart, but believes that what he says will take place, it will be done for him. So here we see, we first we see Paul talking about having and fighting the good fight of faith. Meaning, if I'm going to live this life of faith, it's going to be a fight. It's not just going to be something that's easy. It's going to have to be something that I'm going to have to press into. Because that, that means there's going to be something that is going to try to get me off of my faith. There's going to be something that's going to pull me away from my purpose, pull me away from who I am in Christ, pull me away from his plan, pull me away from his purpose. There's going to be something that's going to try to drive a wedge between me and me and what I'm believing God for. Amen. So have faith in God. And he says, for whosoever says to this mountain, be lifted up. And I, I'm not, I don't have time to break down this scripture to you tonight because I, I want to get to this aspect because, because when we talk about fighting the good fight of faith, what do we have? What's the fight against? It's right here in this verse. Does not doubt at all in his heart. You see, that's going to be the, the challenge that you and I are going to be up against. Having faith in God, what's going to try to undermine your faith? It's going to be doubt. He says, whosoever says unto this mountain, be thou removed and be cast in the sea and shall not doubt in his heart. So fighting the good fight of faith is about keep, get, keeping yourself in a position and keeping yourself in a place to where doubt no longer has room. Where doubt no longer has a foundation. Where doubt no longer is pulling you in this way or that way. You see, faith is, is more about a position. And a, it, faith is about a position that we take. Amen. Say that with me. Faith, faith. Is, a faith. is a position that I take. You see, faith being a position, faith is, is, he says, have faith in God constantly, meaning it is something that is stable. Faith is confidence. Faith is immovable. Faith is unshakable. Faith is a position that I choose to set myself in. Now, doubt is, is the opposite. Doubt is to get you to move from this place to that place, this place or that place up or down. Doubt will cause you to, 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 uh, to, to stay in bed when you should be standing up and fighting. Faith, your doubt will cause you, cause you to, to question everything that's happening around you. And I understand that, 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 that we live in this world. And as we're in this world, there's challenges that are going to come against us. There's things that are going to come into our lives that we don't understand. There's things that, 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 that we wish that we could have explained to us and, and, and the things. But the thing is, is, is we can never get to a place where it pulls us out of this position of faith. Without doubt, no doubt. You know, this whole aspect that, that we've been dealing with, fighting the good fight of faith. We've been talking about casting down imaginations and casting down thoughts. And, and I'm still going to, we're still going to stay on this tonight because, because I believe it's important because, because faith, faith is, is a spiritual thing, but yet at the same time, it is something that we have to navigate through feelings, emotions, and natural things. Go, go to first uh, Timothy chapter one, first Timothy chapter one, this laying a foundation. And then we're going to get into some of our other things that we've been dealing with casting down imaginations. First Timothy chapter one, verse 19. Thank you, father. Thank you, Lord. Actually, look at verse 18. 
King James says, This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that you might war a good warfare. So here, he's got prophecies. That means there's things. What are prophecies? Prophecies are words from God to humanity. If you receive, you know, and that could be something from a prophetic word from a scripture. It could be a prophetic word from a minister. And that was a God's word to you to let him know his desire for you. Right? That's basically, a prophecy is God's word to you to give you direction, to guide you, give you hope, build your faith. So here he's saying, you know what? These prophecies that were spoken to you, Timothy, you're going to have to wage a good war- warfare with them because you know what? There's going to be time and time again, circumstances, situation, what you see, what you face, what you come against is going to try to pull out those prophecies from your life. Right. Right. So what's the next verse say? Holding fast to faith. <laughs> Holding fast to faith. See, meaning if you're going to, this is this fighting the good fight of faith, this is something you're going to have to hold fast to. Because there's things that are going to challenge you. You're, you're going to have to fight a good warfare with these things of what God's declared over your life, what God's promised for you, what God's promised for your family. Amen. Holding fast to faith. Amplified says that leaning of your entire human personality on God in absolute trust and confidence. Now get this, and having a clear conscience. Having a clear conscience. See, where is doubt going to attack your life? In your conscience. See, you, I gotta, you gotta hold to faith. In what? A clear conscience. Why? Because, because the thing is, is, is you look at your, your conscience as a, a dirty floor. You know, you gotta, you gotta sweep those things out. You're, you got you got to clear those things out because those things are keeping keeping things that don't belong in in the house that don't belong in, in in the room. You know, there's some things that that you know my wife doesn't like in the house. Bugs, geckos. There, there's some things she just doesn't like in the house. And and sometimes you know we allow so many things in our house. And we're holding on to faith, but the, at the same time, we're entertaining anything that's counteracting our faith. So here he says, holding forth to faith, holding forth faith in a good, clear conscience. By, by rejecting and thrusting from them their conscience. Some individuals have made shipwreck of their faith. Meaning their, 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 their faith was once stable, but now their faith is shipwrecked. Because what they allowed their conscience to continually meditate upon. Now let's go over to 2 Timothy. This is just a foundation, okay? 2 Timothy. Chapter 2. Verse 18. Verse 16, sorry. He says... The Amplified says, but avoid all empty, vain, useless, idle talk, for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness. Verse 17, and their teaching will devour it, will eat it like a cancer and spread like gangrene. So it is with Hymaeus and Philetus. So their word says their word. King James says, and their word will eat like a cancer. Of whom is Hymaeus, and meaning these words that they're saying, these words that they're sowing, is is doing something in the hearer's life. And it says this: "Who concerning the truth have erred," meaning what they're saying is not truth. Saying that the resurrection is past already. So what are they saying? They're saying the resurrection's already taken place. Now think about it: if your whole life is built on living for God living a righteous life and all of a sudden someone says the resurrection already took place. Why would you have any desire to live right? Why would you have a desire to live for God? If everything you're doing is about waiting for Jesus's return. So he said, these people are coming and they're sowing wrong words. And because of it, and it says this, it says, and they overthrew the faith of some. Meaning here, these people were living for God, pursuing God, 
going after God, discovering who they were in God, knowing that God had a plan for their life, but something came along and was sowing into their hearts, sowing into their hearts to get them to a place where, wow, doubt, doubt. And it says it did what? It overthrew the faith, their faith. You things can come into our life and overthrow your faith. And bring about doubt. We have to fight the good fight of faith. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast in the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe. Shall not doubt. Shall not doubt. Shall not doubt. Don't doubt the prophecies that God has spoken into your life. Don't doubt. And I mean, hear me. Yes, I know things. Well, pastor, what about this or what about that? I'm telling you, don't measure your experiences with, because there might be some things. You know, there's some things the Bible says the secret things belong to the Lord. There's some things that we're not going to know until we get to the other side of, uh, we get to the other side of heaven and we're like, oh, that's what happened. That's what took place. Because the enemy want to use those things to move you off and move you away from the very thing that's going to cause you to be fixed and stable. Fighting the good fight of faith. Let's go to Ephesians 6. I'm going to go to a few scriptures that we've been dealing with over the last several weeks. And then I'm going to tie this, share some things, and then bring it back to back on this, this life in this position of faith. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Ephesians 6, verse 10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against all the powers of the devil. That's not what it says. that's That's not what it says. It's not, it's not the powers of the devil stand against all the power of the devil. I mean, if you really understood our position in Christ, he's defeated. Oh, man. Yes. Jesus made a show of him openly. Yes. But yet we have to understand his position as he is still the God of this world. And he, his tricks haven't changed. His wiles haven't changed. His devices haven't changed. How he operates hasn't changed. He is the father of lies. Meaning he has one tactic. He has one way. He has one mode of operation. And it is deception. He has one mode of operation. One way of doing things. And his wiles... That's why he says, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Meaning, I need to rest my life on this fact that I'm strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Meaning, I'm not moving from that. So the only thing that will move me from that and move my faith away from that is giving in to the wiles of the devil. The wiles of the devil. The, The schemes, the tricks, the traps of the devil. Now let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. We'll come back to Ephesians 6 here in a little bit, I think. (laughs) 2 Corinthians chapter 2. And what I'm going to be depositing, what the Holy Spirit is going to be depositing in us tonight, is this is for everyone. It's not for, it's not for, well, this is just for that person, a person that's depressed, or that's for this person that deals with addiction, or, no, this deals with, 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 you could be the greatest minister in the earth, and what I'm going to, what I'm going to share with you, they have to deal with this. This is not, no, this is, this is, everyone has to deal with what I'm going to be sharing with tonight, all right? Myself included, okay? Here in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse Verse 11, it says, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, 
for we are not ignorant of his devices. We're not ignorant of his devices. We shouldn't, we should never be afraid of the devil. See, Hollywood has portrayed this thing that, that he's this, this, this dude that shows up with horns and he's really, he's got these fangs and, and he's got these, no, it says he transforms himself into an angel of light. He's, he is not how Hollywood portrays him. He, 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 if you, if you understand how he was made, it said he was, he was before, before man, before creation, he was God's most beautiful creation. Said so he was beautiful. He was made of jewels and jasper and onyx and all these things. And how he was made was so intricate. And so he, but his issue is deception. His issue is deception. Never being afraid of the enemy. Don't be ignorant of his devices. Now we're going to do a word study here because I really want you to see devices because, because you say, well, we has all these things and, and all these powers and all these abilities. No, he just has one ability and, and it's how he operates through humanity and how he operates through the earth. Okay. Now, if we look up this word devices in the Greek, cause the new Testament was written in Greek. And if we look that word up in the strongs, you're going to get a word here that says, G stands for Greek and is going to be 3540. Okay? So this word devices, what that word devices means is this. Mental, per, mental perception and thoughts. So now if you look at word devices, you think, okay, it's some sort of intricate device that he has. It's, no. I just, the word is is, is mental perceptions and thoughts. And another word in the, in the Greek is evil purposes. So when it says, don't be ignorant of his devices, he's saying, don't be ignorant of his evil purposes. Don't be, don't be ignorant of his mental perceptions. Don't be ignorant of his thoughts. Now, all right, we're going to, let's go through this and, and we're going to look in a concordance here and just, Eric, you can tell me if I'm wrong here. Now we see the word devices and it's the only word all the way through here. And the only word of devices is this one, 34. Now all the other words for devices in the Bible is a Greek word. 40 is, is number is 4284. So this word devices is, is different than any other word devices in scripture. Okay. And so that word I just read with that is 3540 uh, is mental perceptions, evil purposes, or thoughts. Okay, now let's go to, uh, let's look at 2 Corinthians. Thank you, Father. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. All right, let's look at verse 4. In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Okay. In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds. Remember, he said, don't be ignorant of his devices. And he says, what does he do? He blinds the minds. Okay, let's look at the word minds. Okay, I had to mind alphabet. L M N L M. Okay, M. There we go. Just kidding. L M N O P. Okay. Now this is a word. Blinds the minds. Words minds, right? Minds. All right. Go over. And what's the word? What's the number? Thirty-five forty. It's the same number as devices. So really, it's the same. It's the same Greek word. So if it says, "Don't be ignorant of his devices." And then you hear, see this word minds, he blinds the minds. It's the same Greek word. He blinds the minds. What is he? He blinds minds. What? So, so they only see his evil purposes. So they only see his evil thoughts or see his mental perceptions. All right, let's go, go to second Corinthians chapter 10. This is another scripture we've been going to week in and week out in this. Wednesdays, like, like Bible school sometimes, so just stay with me, all right? 
Don't turn off your faith, all right? 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Right? I mean, this isn't, this isn't a natural battle. This is a spiritual battle. I'm not warring. Uh, you don't war against your spouse. You're not warring against your pastor. You're not warring against the president. You're not warring against anything else that's going on. We don't, we don't war against the flesh and blood. It says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Meaning, meaning my weapons that I have, they're not natural, but the, the weapons I do have, they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, what, are, what is mighty through God? How do we do it? Casting down imaginations. Casting down imaginations. You see, that's how the enemy operates. He, 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 he gets into the strongholds are in people's minds. And when he gets into people's minds, that's how he controls destiny. That's how he controls nations. That's how he can cause nation like Syria to take chemical weapons and just kill a whole group of people. Why? Because somewhere along the line, it wasn't, it wasn't all of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden Satan came down and killed people. No, he used man to do it through what? The imaginations. See, imaginations. We're talking about these deceptions, the wiles of the devil. Another word for imaginations could be fantasy. What's fantasy? It's something that's not true. It's something that's not based in fact. So, so here he comes with things that aren't true. He comes with things that are deceptions. But what is our, our role? It says here, it says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing captivity every thought. Bringing captivity every thought. All right, now let's look at the word thought. That's Joseph, okay. All right, here's the word thought, right? Yes. All right, let's go, and in what verse is it? Second Corinthians 10, verse 5. So bring thought to the obedience of Christ. So what, what number is that? Thirty-five forty. See here it is. This is the same Greek word. It's the same Greek word. Do not be ignorant of his devices. It's thirty-five forty. They're mental perceptions, evil thoughts, evil purposes. So here he says, bringing into captivity every thought, or we could say, bringing into captivity every device. They're, they're, They're the same thing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. And let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Thank you, Father. Hmm. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. It says, But now I am fearful, lest that even as the serpent beguiled Eve by his coming, beguiled, meaning deceived Eve, so your minds may be corrupted and seduced. That word minds is the same Greek word as devices. So that your minds may be corrupted and seduced from wholehearted and sincere, pure devotion from God. The King James says, but I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety. So your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. The simplicity of Christ, meaning, meaning that this has my, my fear or my hesitation or my concern is that what's going to happen is the enemy is going to deceive Eve, deceive you just like he deceived Eve. The simplicity of your faith that's in Christ. So just as Eve was deceived out of her right, my concern is that you're going to be deceived in the same way. Why? Through the enemy's perceptions, the, enem- the mental perceptions and the devices. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Casting down every thought and imagination. Say this, I am not ignorant of his devices. Now, if you look at that word, ignorant of his devices, in the Amplified, it actually calls those devices his wiles. Hallelujah. That might stand against all the wiles. Stand against all the wiles. See, faith is a position. 
I'm standing against. See, because those th- the, the devices that he's using, the thoughts that he's using, the attacks that he's using is to come against what? Your conscience. To get against your mind. To get you to a place of doubt. That's why do not doubt in your heart. See, the enemy wants you not to be in faith. He wants you in a place of doubt. Now, let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. Keep telling myself, okay, take your time, Justin. Take your time. Take your time. (laughs) Ephesians 4. Thank you, Father. Verse 14. So then, we may no longer, King James says, then we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. By the slight of men and the cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. So what are the wiles of the enemy? They're, they're his, it's his deceptions. It's his thoughts. It's his idea. He's, it's what he wants you to think on. Let me say it again. It's what he wants you to think on. But first he says, don't be like children tossed to and fro. See, if you're tossed to and fro, that means you're not solidified in what you believe. Meaning, meaning, yeah, I believe that, but you know what? That sounded really good too. Okay, I, I believe that, but you know what? That sounded pretty good too. So the next thing you know, you're, you believe that and you believe that and you believe that and you believe that. You're up and down like a roller coaster. And here, he, he, Paul's saying, hey, hey, I want these gifts to come into your life. The prophet, pro, the, the pastor, the prophet, evangelist, teacher, so you can grow up. So you come to a place you're not tossed to and fro. So you're not being deceived. Meaning, I, I, I'm bringing these gifts into the body. I'm bringing these instruments by my hand and by my spirit so you are not tossed to and fro. Because they, 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 it says here, it says, by the slight of men and cunning crafties, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. And how were they, how were they deceived to make you deceived? The strongholds in their mind. But verse 15, but speak the truth in love, but speak the truth in love. See, the answer to any deception is always truth. The answer to any deception is truth. Meaning when there's, when there's someone where they're being tossed to and fro, going back and forth and there's, there's deceit taking place. The main thing that you need to, to get back to a place of stability is truth. Remember darkness blinds and deception binds. Hallelujah. Light causes you to see and truth makes you free. See, it's a battle between light and dark, truth and deception. Everything hinges upon this. And and what you believe in your position of faith is going to shake you from one side to another. But holding faith in that clear, good conscience. Hallelujah. Let's, uh, Let's go to verse 21. The Amplified says, assuming that you have really heard him and been taught by him as all truth is in Jesus. See, we're talking about truth again. Verse 22, strip yourself of your former nature. Put off and disregard your old unrenewed self, which characterized your previous manner of life and becomes corrupt through lust and desires that spring from delusion. So strip yourself from your former nature. See, meaning, meaning if I'm going to go where God wants me to go, then I can't, li- I can't think like I used to think. Right. So strip myself from that former nature, from my previous manner of life and becomes corrupt through lust and desires that spring up through delusion. Meaning, meaning because of these lusts, because of these things that are facing me, the things that my flesh wants, those things are going to get me to a place of delusion, which is what? Nothing more than deception. And be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new nature created in God's image and true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, rejecting all falsity and being done with it, rejecting all falsity. What's, you know, what's the opposite of falsity? Truth. So reject the things that are false and embrace the things that are true. So when you're in a place of faith and laying hold of faith, the thing that you have to hold on to is truth and you have to reject what's false. So we have to cast down imaginations. 
that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. We, we have to bring in captivity every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Because the knowledge of God is truth. And the enemy wants to move you off of truth. I want to I read something to you that is in Kenneth Hagin's book, I Believe in Visions. Yeah, I've just left my phone on. Sorry. Where was I? Um, because you, know, you could be the most mature Christian, but yet deception take everything away from you. You could be minister reaching the masses but yet be established in wrong thinking, a stronghold established in your mind and pull you away and hinder you from ever fulfilling what you were called to do. They said, this is something that we all have to deal with because, because you know what? We're all believing God for something, right? And I guarantee constantly the enemy is trying to pull faith out of you. To pull you away from, like what Timothy, do a good warfare with those prophecies that have been spoken over you. And so I want us to see how this works and how the enemy works as after we just talked about his devices. Because here it says, reject all falsity. falsity. Reject those things. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And, and, and let go of the strip yourself from those things that you've, you used to do because all those things are doing is leading you to a place of delusion. Where you think it's truth. But yet it doesn't, it never it never satisfies. You know, you know, it's just like someone that thinks that, that, well, you know, I just, I just drink a little bit of wine. I just drink a little, you know, cause it, it settles me down. Well, why do you need something natural to settle you down? You know, and I'm not saying that to convict anyone that you just need to get your own revelation of, of why you do what you do. And is it founded in the word? And so here, let, let's look at this because you'll really see how the enemy gets into someone's life. Okay. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I'm going to read this, and I'll paraphrase some, I'll read some, but I really want you to just open your heart and hear this. He goes, getting back to the 1952 vision God gave me late that night in Broken Bow, Oklahoma, the Lord said to me, from this night forward, what is known in my word as the gift of discerning of spirits will operate in your life when you are in the spirit. I will show you how these spirits get a hold of people and dominate them, even Christians, if they allow them to. Now hear that, if they allow them to. If they allow them to, okay? Jesus went on to say there are four classes of demons or evil spirits. He said that they're divided into four groups as mentioned in Ephesians. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. The Lord said, these are the four divisions, principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, and wicked spirits in high places or in the heavenlies. The highest spirits which you have to deal, that deal, are the rulers of the darkness of this world. I mean, that's, the, that's what, as humanity, that's the ones that we have to deal with. We don't deal with the other ones. Because he went on talking to me about the fact that the word of God says that the whole world lies in darkness. But we who are believers are children of light and not of darkness. He referred to a number of scriptures, including the following. Now, I'm going to skip on. It says, uh, he says, the Lord went on to say, the highest types of demons with which you have to deal on earth are the rulers of darkness of this world. Rule, and they rule all unsaved people. That is, all those who are in darkness. They rule over them and dominate them. That is why people do and say things they don't intend to. That is why some people say, I would never do anything like that. And before a year has passed, they've done something worse. This is because they're dominated by the rulers of the darkness of this world. They are in the kingdom of darkness. And whether you want to admit it or not, even your close friends or relatives or whoever it may be, if they're unsaved or are dominated by these spirits who are rulers of the darkness of this world. Now, I will show you how these evil spirits get a hold of people when they are allowed to. Say allowed to. The Lord suddenly, uh, I saw in a vision, I saw a woman. And I immediately recognized her as being the former wife of a minister. 
I've been introduced to her and her husband on one occasion. Other than that, I didn't know either of them, and I had no communication with either of them in any way. I only knew that she had since left her husband. And this, it says, this woman was a child of mine. The Lord said, she was in the ministry with her husband. She was filled with the Spirit, and the gifts of the Spirit were operating in her life. One day, an evil spirit came to her and whispered in her ear, you are a beautiful woman. You could have had fame, popularity, wealth, but you have been cheated in life by following the Christian walk. Now, let me ask you a question. Was she robbed from? No. See, this is what the enemy was saying. The enemy was saying, you know, you've been robbed. All because you went after this Christian faith. The woman realized that this was an evil spirit, and she said, get behind me, Satan. The spirit left her for a period. By and by, the same spirit returned. He sat on her shoulder and whispered in her ear, you're a beautiful woman, but you've been robbed by taking the lowly walk of of Christianity and living a separated life. Again, she recognized this as Satan and said, Satan, I resist you in the name of Jesus. And he left her for a while. But he came back again and sat on her shoulder, whispering the same thing in her ear. This time she began to entertain these thoughts, for she liked to think she was beautiful. As she began to think along the lines the devil suggested to her, she became obsessed with that kind of thinking. You see, that's the enemy that the enemy will always try to, the hook that he uses is, is it could have been this, or it could have been that, or you were mistreated, or, or you know, you've been deprived of something. The enemy say, oh, it, it could be better over there. Or if I just did that, or if I just had that, the enemy is always pointing to what you don't have and feeding your mind. And what is he trying to do? Get her off of what God's plan is for her life. Really, it's getting her off of faith. So this time she began to, uh, um, then in the vision, I saw the woman became as transparent as glass and I saw a black dot in her mind. That dot represented the fact that she is obsessed in her thinking with this evil spirit. And the Lord said, at first, she was obsessed on the outside. But as she followed the devil's suggestion to take hold of her thoughts, her mind became obsessed. She wanted to think, I'm a beautiful woman. I I could have wealth and popularity, but I've been robbed in this life. Still, it wasn't too late. She could have resisted. She could have refused to think those thoughts. Then the evil spirit would have fled from her and she would have remained free, but she chose otherwise. James 4 says, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. See, the enemy is coming with what? Devices and thoughts. Finally, she left her husband, went out into the world seeking fame and wealth, which the devil had offered. She took up with one man after another. After a time, that thing got down into her spirit. In the vision, I saw a black dot move from her head to her heart. And the woman said, I don't want the Lord anymore. Just leave me alone. I said, Lord, why are you showing this to me? Do you want me to pray for this woman? Do you want me to cast out the, cast the devil out of her? No, I don't want you to pray and cast the devil out of her. The Lord answered, because you couldn't anyway. She wants that evil spirit. And as long as she wants it, she can have it. You're like, well, man, we've been given all power and all authority to tread on serpents and tread on demons. But what you have to understand is, is you can't override someone else's will, someone else's thoughts, someone else's being. That, that's why Jesus couldn't do it. And we're talking about Jesus. Jesus didn't go around and cast every devil that was out there. You look, if, if it was all of a sudden Jesus, there wouldn't be no principalities or powers in the rulers of darkness. How about Peter and Paul? They, it, it wasn't like that, that everywhere they went. Yeah. People that wanted to get free got set free. But I wanted you to see how the enemy operates because he wants to move you off of faith, but it starts with the enemy's devices. Well, it's just okay. Just a little bit here. Just a little bit there. Ah, oh, it's okay. Just one more time. Well, who will, who will know? Well, I'll just, I'll just, you know, I'll just message that, that my, my old classmate from high school, my old boyfriend, I just see what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, you go down this whole rabbit trail that, 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 that the enemy brings ultimate, ultimate destruction into your life. I know it's kind of heavy. <laughs> Thank you for the hue of you. I'm saying that this is, but we all get thoughts and are thinking like, well, he doesn't love me. Oh, he really, he doesn't really care about me. Yeah, he, he really likes them more than they like me. 
all, it, it's, it's, the, it's those thoughts. It's those suggestions of the enemy. And, and sometimes we think they're just little thoughts or little suggestions, but the enemy wants you to take the bait. Ultimately, because here you were once here, founded and grounded in faith, fighting the good fight of faith. And just through those little thoughts, the little suggestions to totally pull you away from God's purpose for your life. What to get what doubt in your heart and the enemy. So that seed to put doubt in your heart. And what will happen is, is if you take that doubt in your heart, say, for instance, put doubt in your heart towards your husband or doubt in your heart towards your wife. Doubt in your heart as it pertains to your pastor. Doubt in your heart as it pertains to friends. And next thing you know, you're worried about this. You're paranoid and, and things are happening. And what happens is, is a lot of people are, are dealing with issues in life that all started just with one thought that they didn't know how to deal with. And I'm telling you, the world tries to medicate it. The world tries to subdue it. You'll try to numb it. But the bottom line, it's a stronghold that came in with just deceptions of the enemy. Hallelujah. You know, we see this with Eve. We see this with Eve. I mean, I mean, here she was a daughter of God, a child of God, and she was established that she was made in God's image. But what does the enemy do? He always comes with something that's false. If you be, God doesn't want you to be that. Cause then if you, if you eat that, then you'll be like him. She was already like him. So the thing is, is how the enemy operates and the deceptions come down to two things. Number one, believing the lies. That's one of his believing the lies. There's two things and I'm running out of time, but there's two things. So I probably won't be able to finish, but there's two things. He wants you to believe lies. And the second thing that happens was, let me, let's see it here. Back to Ephesians four. Hallelujah. Verse 25 again says, therefore, rejecting all falsity and being done with it, let everyone express the truth with his neighbor. We are all parts of one body and members one of another. Verse 26, when angry, do not sin. Do not ever let your wrath, your exasperation, your fury, nation last until the sun goes down. Leave no room or foothold for the devil. Give no place for the devil. And everything I'm dealing with tonight is about giving no place to the devil. So what does the devil do with his wiles, his deceptions? First, he comes in with those devices to do what? To believe a lie. And the second thing we see in verse, verse uh, 26 is anger. The word that he speaks to you, his desire is not just for you to believe a lie, but that you'll allow anger to control you. That's how he works. He'll, he'll put things into your heart, things into you to become angry at your brother, to become angry at this person, point the finger at that person. What did, what did, what did, what did Adam do? It was that woman you gave me. There was anger. It was, it was, you know, it was, it was this, it was that. We see this, we, we see this with Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel here, here they, you know, here they, they, they had, they knew what truth was. They knew that they were supposed to bring the best and they, they were supposed to bring a, a sacrifice. And yet, yet Cain didn't bring what was accurate. Cause he even said, Cain, if you do well, it'll be well with you. Meaning, you know what to bring, you know what to bring. And, and, he, and instead what happened, the enemy, it says, it says sin crouched at the door. Sin crouched at the door. And it says in Amplified, it says, Cain, you need to master this. Master what? The deception. What? So, so it was believing a lie, but now it's, now it's bringing about an anger. Now he's angry with his brother and he takes his brother out and he kills him. See, it's, it's that give no place to the devil. Give no place to the devil to bring deception into your heart and to bring anger into your life. We see the same principle if you look at the life of Saul. Saul believed a lie and was angry based on the deceptions of the enemy. What was his deception of the enemy? When he, he, he was supposed to kill everything and destroy everything, but he said, because I feared the people, he believed a lie. What happened after he believed the lie? He was angry with David, and so he goes around trying to kill David his whole life. 
So, so much so, so he was so tormented by this that, that he had to get David to come play an instrument to, to quiet the, the, the depression and the, the thing that he was struggling with. Because what he gave a foothold to the devil. Give no place to the enemy. Give no place to the enemy. Hallelujah. Go to Ephesians 6 and I'll close with this. I'm not quite finished, but I feel the, the jumping off point. Remember, this, this is about faith. I tell you, deception, lies of the enemy will get you to a place of doubt. You're in a place of doubt, it will get you in a place of anger. Fear. Hallelujah. Ephesians 6. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Let's look at verse 11 again. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. In the future, we're going to be talking about the weapons. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. Stand. That's fighting the good fight of it. Stand. Stand. Standing in faith. Against the deception of the enemy. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Having done all to stand. Meaning, we have the whole armor on, right? We're standing against the attacks of the enemy. The enemy is trying to bring deception into our lives because he wants what our faith will produce. He wants what our relationship with God will produce. He wants to pull you away from your strength. He wants to pull you away from from what God's placed in you. He wants to pull you away from what you're standing on. So here, here it says, it says, put on, wherefore, taking you the whole armor of God that you will stand, withstand the evil and having done all to stand. Now that first word stand means this right in the midst of the battle, you hold your position that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. So here, here that word stand right in the midst of the battle, you're holding your position. I mean, I'm holding my position, even in the midst of this battle. And it doesn't matter what's coming against me. It doesn't matter about the walls of the, I'm standing. And then it says, this is and standing therefore. Now this next word stand in verse 14 is this, to be ready and prepared. Be ready and prepared. So the one word stand is, is I'm holding my position. And when it says stand therefore, it says I'm also ready and prepared. I'm ready and prepared. When I'm in a position of faith, and I'm a position that I'm not moving. You know what? That I'm holding my position and I'm ready. See, this is a picture of someone that's fully clothed in the armor, fully clothed to fight, fully clothed to know that I've got everything I need to win in life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Fighting the good fight of faith. Fighting the good fight of faith comes down to I'm standing in my position. And I'm ready for battle. And the only thing that I have to do, the only thing that, that I have to guard against is deception and anger. Amen. Amen. Having done all to stand, stand therefore. Tell you, we win. We win. We win. Amen. We win. You win. Look, look to your neighbor and say, I win. Say, I'm not ignorant. Of Satan's devices. I win. Amen. Give him a shout of praise for the word. Amen. God is good. Maybe I'll finish where I left off.